0: eye on it is mike griffith from dog nation who joins us now in the wait for it Dine. mike good morning hey good morning guys great to talk with you and uh what a week how do you put words or put a couple of words into what this week means for the southeastern conference
1: well i mean the sec you know was trying to iron out their schedule model and it's hard to have a long-term uh solution uh, you know, when you you know aren't sure that you can get the finances for it. And I think the SEC wanted to go to a nine-game schedule. I'm not sure that ESPN was in a position to compensate them for that. And the reason that they need to be compensated for that is because there'd be so many games that they've already scheduled in advance for 2024 uh, that they'd have to buy out. It costs money when you buy out these programs and guaranteed contracts. you got to come up with $600,000 or $1.5 million, and all of a sudden, you know, you're not budgeted for that. So the thought process was, well, if, if the SEC goes to a nine-game schedule, then ESPN will add value, more money to the television package and give the schools more money. Well, if ESPN's is not going to do that, then the schools don't have the money, you know, budgeted to be buying out these other deals. And quite frankly, it's not like the SEC's eight-game schedules worked against them. It's worked just fine. It's not like when we look at the college football playoffs, we look at it and go, well, you know, the SEC only got that team or this team in there because they only played eight conference games. In fact, it was the Big Ten that had two teams in the playoff last year, not the SEC.
2: Mike, I love your work, and I'm so glad you're on with us this morning and breaking it down that way because I think everybody got hung up on 8-9 and, and what it should be. I mean, maybe we get to 9 eventually, but that financial aspect of it, you can't ignore the dollars and cents in the college football world right now, and that had to be the biggest factor in it, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, no doubt about it. You know, it, it, look, the world we're living in right now, I mean, I, you know, I, I stay on the sports side of the fence, and I, I, I became a sports writer for a reason. I don't like all that stress and division of the politics side. It's important. Um, there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me writing about that stuff, but You know, I I think we all know that our society is pretty stressed financially right now, and schools are in no—it's no different, and and they've got a model right now that is not built for the kind of financial demands that the new NIL is placing on them. You know, see, on the one hand, you still got the arms race where everybody wants to build new facilities because they want to give the student athletes great facilities and places to live and 24/7 food and. You know, pretty much everything at their fingertips they could want Ferrari leather, locker room seats, and computers in the locker room, all that all that kind of stuff that they need to have. Now, on the other hand, you know, players are pretty much up for bid. You know, Lane Kiffin said it. Sam Pittman said it. Somebody asked Sam Pittman, they said, Sam, do you think that facilities are more important than NIL? He said, no. He said, I think they'd live in a tent if you paid them enough money to come play for you. So, so now you've got to figure out how to direct some money there into that NIL for football. And, oh, by the way, you're you're still trying to pay for all these non-revenue sports that don't generate their own revenue. So how much more money can you – so what I'm saying is collegiate athletics is stressed financially, and for the SEC teams to take on, you know, extra expenses that they're not going to be compensated for, it just doesn't make sense. Now, in another – year or two or maybe three, we may see the nine-game model. Maybe ESPN will be in a position, you know, to throw another $200 million out there. I mean, we all just talk about, like, ESPN's just some bottomless pit. Hey, they got financial deals going on, too, right mm-hmm. now. We all know about Walt Disney. So, this is a lot more complex than whether or not the SEC just wanted to add another game or not.
0: Spending time on the WaitForIt.com hotline is one with Mike Griffith. And he is social. You can find him on Twitter at Griffith 32 at Mike Griffith. 3-2. That being said, uh, going forward, uh, you know, we, we all this is geared toward the playoff when you talk about college football and the SEC has been there. And I think if other conferences are complaining about it, the biggest thing that they can do is beat the SEC school when they get, get to them in the playoffs. And let's see if that can happen this year. Probably not likely. Uh, so the, I think that's the other thing you, you see about it, as long as that's happening. People say, well, this will help the SEC, obviously, when you expand your field, you're going to be able to get more teams and more opportunities uh, to play for the championship. And and, and you go, you're you going to, rightfully so, you're going to get more of the share of that cash.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, some of these other conferences, you know, I was looking at the Big Ten, you know, and, and here's what they don't take into account. So you could say, well, maybe the SEC only plays eight conference games. But that SEC championship game is incredibly Incredibly challenging. It's almost like another playoff game. It has been, right? I yeah, thought a really good two-loss Georgia team get left out of the playoffs in 2018, right? I looked at the Big Ten, though. Do you know that in the Big Ten championship game that the Big Ten – and we don't really look at the Big Ten championship game, so you probably don't know it. Nobody really pays attention to it. Why would they? Because the last nine years in a row, the Big Ten East Division team has won the Big Ten championship game. And the last five years – there's been an average victory margin of more than 21 points. So for Michigan to beat Purdue to get into the college football playoff, that's not exactly like Georgia beating LSU or Alabama. Okay? So let's stop pretending that it is. Because that conference isn't as good as the SEC. It's not as good at the top. It's not as good at the bottom. It doesn't have as much talent. The NFL draft bears that out. They they don't discriminate. They draft the best players. What is it, fifteen, sixteen years now? The SEC's had the most players drafted. So a lot of this is hogwash. It's an opportunity for other conferences maybe to sense a weakness or to try to spend that. Oh well, maybe the SEC. No, they they were all hoping that the SEC would go to nine, because that would make that would weaken the SEC. They'd beat each other up one more week. Nothing's changed here. So, you know, the fact that nothing has changed and everybody wants to act like the SEC's gone backwards, that's not true. If they went down to seven conference games, okay, you could make an argument, but they're still at eight. That's what they were at last year. It's what they've been at, you know, since the split in 93. It's not a step back. It's just a step to the side.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. Like, that that financial component was so such an important element to the conversation. And, look, I get the the rivalry side of it, too, and – Coming from from a, a Georgia perspective, you know it feels like you have a rivalry game every other week, and you're going to lose some of those on a regular basis. And how much of a factor in your mind should that be in terms of SEC scheduling formats and, and things, p- up, up against the dollars and cents of the deal?
1: Well, you know it's it's tough and you know i thought kirby smart put it into perspective and you know he could speak to it much better than anybody because he played in these rivalry games and and you know georgia did vote for the nine game model just so folks know and part and the major reason that georgia did vote for the nine game model even though it would have been a financial setback to buy out that game uh, was because they want to protect the auburn rivalry kirby played in it it means a lot they understand that rivalry games mean a lot to fans But then on the other hand, you got fans that are complaining that Georgia hadn't played Texas A&M in College Station yet, right? You got people saying, gosh, they finally played LSU, and they don't play them enough, and we want to see Georgia. Okay, well, you can't have it both ways. And so what the league decided was it would be better, forget the fans, but it would be better for the student athletes if they had opportunities to go to all the different schools and play all the teams throughout the course of a four-year career. Well, you're not going to do that with the previous model. So they came up with the 3-6, which is three permanent opponents and six rotating, if there was a nine-game schedule, or the 1-7, which is one permanent and seven rotating, if it's an eight-game schedule. Well, if there's only going to be one, it's going to be Florida. Okay, Georgia and Florida work together. And, and that's what puts Auburn on the outs. Now, what Kirby says is this doesn't matter. Kirby says, guys, it doesn't matter. You're going to play everybody every two years anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like Auburn's going away forever. You just just you're just, you may not play them every year with the 1-7 model, but you're going to play them every other year. But you know what? You're also going to play Alabama every other year. You're going to play Texas every other year. You're going to play Oklahoma every other year. So I think there's more value to that model, even though you're giving up an annual opponent. I mean, I, I look at Alabama as the team that's, that's really got to struggle with it. They're not going to get to play Tennessee every year. They got, they got to pick, they're going to pick Auburn. I'm sure they'll pick Auburn. Right. Right. And, and Auburn, you know, they can say, you know, Auburn can act like they don't like it, but let's face it. Hugh free said, you know, part of the reason Auburn didn't vote for the nine game schedule is if they got to play Alabama, Georgia every year, they have already got two losses. He didn't say that, but what he said, <laughs> yeah. was if we have two, what he said exactly was if we have two good losses, I think that's a reference to Alabama and Georgia. And mm-hmm. we lose another one? Are you going to put us in the playoff? That's what he said. So, you know, that's part of the reason why Auburn didn't go with it. So, And, and Alabama didn't go with it. I believe Alabama didn't go with it because, you know, Saban was complaining about having to play LSU, Tennessee, and, uh, and Auburn every year. Well, you know what? It's not like Auburn and Tennessee have been that doggone great lately. I can't even believe Nick Saban said that. But he did. So I think that's why he pulled out, because he doesn't want to play. Now he sees Tennessee's getting good, and I know it upsets Alabama fans when I say it, because they all come after me on Twitter. But listen, <laughs> Nick Saban was a proponent for a nine-game schedule forever, and it didn't change yep. until somebody said, you got to play LSU, Tennessee, and Auburn, and that's when Nick Saban became
0: a proponent of the eight-game schedule. Wow. Oh, they change and they will keep in certain games on your schedule. I'm, my thing is always like, you know, it, what does it do with these two new teams coming in uh, with, with Oklahoma and, and Texas? How do we work in who gets to play them? Who doesn't? I mean, we don't know, you know, well, as far as you're going to stack everything up, it won't be east-west uh, as far as it goes. How do you feel like that works in and what would be fair? I mean, because yeah. I think that's what a lot of people would look at as far as these teams coming in to the conference.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, I think Texas and Oklahoma will be one another's annual opponent. I know A&M's not happy about that. Jimbo Fisher talked about that. If A&M had their druthers, they'd rather te- play Texas every year. But Texas is married to Oklahoma, right? That's that's going to be their annual rival. Now, Texas will also play, if they go to a 3-6, Texas will also play A&M. That'd be another one. And I think Arkansas would be the other one because Arkansas and Texas have an old rivalry. As far as who Oklahoma would play, I got to believe they would play uh, Missouri as well as Texas. And, you know, I don't know who their third team would be, uh, quite honestly. You know, it seems like Arkansas would be a good fit since they're a joint, but I don't think that's the projection. So uh, I do think that the uh, abolition of the divisions, uh, even though I kind of like the East and West, um, you know, I've I've been covering the league since 1992, 93. So I kind of came in when that happened under. Commissioner Kramer, and I think we all got warm and cozy and and got used to seeing the same teams. But then there's a lot of people complaining that, oh, well, the West is, you know, so much better. Well, they weren't last year. You know, you look at the head-to-head, the East has actually gotten a little bit, um, you know, tougher in a couple of respects. But um, I suppose it's more fair. Now, if you just have one big division and you take the top two teams and they're going to play in the championship game, that's probably, quote, unquote, more fair. And if you're rotating the teams around more, like we're talking about doing, that's probably more fair. But you are going to lose some of those traditional matchups. Uh, you're going to be out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, you know, but this is big business now. And this is what's best for TV. This is what's best for ratings. And according to the league, this is what's best for the student-athletes.
2: With all the different realignments and things happening, and we haven't seen Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC just yet, but we're already starting to feel some of the effects. Do you think they come in and elevate the conference in the way that they were intended to?
1: Wow. That's a loaded question because the answer is yes, but the way they were intended to is value of the conference. Not necessarily, you know, that they're these, you know, top, notch elite going to take over the league programs i mean i think texas if i'm not mistaken i want to say they've only won the big 12 like three times in 27 years i want to say that they've had three or four or more losses like the last 10 years except for maybe one year the covid year so it's it's not like Texas has been doing a whole heck of a lot. They really haven't. They've, they've been quite. They really they've been underachieving. It's a it's a sleeping giant of a program. Oh yeah. I'll right. be interested to see if, if joining the SEC will awaken Texas because you talk about resources and, and NIL money and recruiting base and exposure and branding. I mean, Texas, you know, has everything in place to take over. They don't have – I don't know if they have the coach. They certainly don't seem to have the team right now. They couldn't even score an offensive touchdown. I mean, do you realize that Texas played TCU at home last year and didn't even score an offensive touchdown? And Georgia put 65 on that same TCU. But everybody, oh, Steve Sarkeesian this and, oh, Texas that. They didn't even score an offensive touchdown at home against TCU. And, and that, Georgia put 65, and Eli Manning wanted to go there. Okay, well, that's a whole other, all right, whatever, yeah. not Eli. Arch Manning wanted yeah. to, okay, whatever. But do they bring more exposure? Yes, because oh, yeah. this is a television game, guys. Think about it like this. So we can sit here and talk about the Big Ten, and I can you know, illustrate you know how crappy their Big Ten championship game has been and uncompetitive and how they can play nine league games, but Georgia, you know, the SEC plays eight plus the SEC title game, which is nine, and it's really true. But here's what you need to know: Television game. Big Ten has the three largest markets in the country. They have the Los Angeles market now that they've added USC and UCLA. They've got the New York market with Rutgers, yep. and the New York-New Jersey market right there, which is the you know one of the second. And then they got the Chicago market with Northwest. And, then, and you can say, well, those teams, but their their TVs are in those markets, and that is why the Big Ten television package has more value because their television package reaches more homes. Texas solidifies the number four television market, which is Dallas-Fort Worth. So it adds televisions, it adds branding, and I think that adds value to the SEC.
0: As long as they keep the Longstone steer, Longhorn Steer away from the new Ugga, uh, yeah, oh that'll be okay, God. right? 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 <laughs> what a moment that was. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Uh, Mike, thanks so much for spending some time with us, man. Um, busy week, interesting times for the Southeastern Conference. We appreciate you spending some time with us today.
1: Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend.
0: All right. That-